welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. So I wonder uh, how are you doing with carrying what you're called to carry? I wonder how you're doing with carrying the load you're called to carry or the load that you have to carry. And uh, does it ever feel a little challenging? Does it ever feel a little heavy? Does it ever feel like it's a bit much? Does it ever feel like you're in a stretch zone where you kind of think, oh, it'd be so easy to shrink back, just give up altogether, to give in? And we have learned, haven't we, through this last couple of years of the pandemic and coming out of that, that we have to have some resilience. And even from a secular perspective, we hear a lot about resilience. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm all about rest and the Sabbath and leaning into what the Spirit would lead us in, which is all of those things. But I do sense a nudge as well that the Lord would say to us, hey, I want you to be reminded that you're faith people and what faith is and that good days are ahead and that he has a plan and he's not finished. He's not finished with any of you. He's not finished with any of us. So I want us to look at Hebrews 11 verse 1. And uh, I love the, this Hebrew uh, part of Hebrews, it's, it's called the, um, you know, the honour, it's like the honour roll or the hall of fame of, of, of faith people. So verse 1 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So, you know, I learned in the old language, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that there is something called faith that when we get faith working, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's beyond what we could imagine. It's the evidence of things hopeful, the substance of things not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk in faith when we can't see with our natural eyes the answer, or we can't see what's ahead, or we can't see what we would, might want to see, but we walk by faith. And there's something about this season that we're in that I'm feeling like, the Lord is nudging us to say, hey, you know what? You are called to be people of faith. And you know, right through the Bible and especially in the New Testament where we've been in, uh, we're looking at the, you know, we've been in the Gospels looking at, at Jesus and his interactions with people. And we spent a lot of time in the New Testament in, in this church over recent times. And the early church, they knew tough, they knew tough situations. They knew how to learn to be resilient people. They knew how to uh, learn to be faith people. They knew how to lean into the Lord in that when life wasn't going so well for them. And so in Hebrews 11, in, I mean, it's, it's a, like a whole amazing chapter. And actually, I, I read it all just the other day and, and it always makes me cry because it's, it's telling us, so it starts with that bit, you know, telling us what faith is. And then it says, by faith, we understand that uh, the entire universe was formed at God's command. And then it goes on telling us about some people. It's like, hey, here's the honour roll we're talking about. Hey, here's some people. And I love this. Who wrote Hebrews? Was it Paul? We're not sure. So the writer of the Hebrews said, 
here's some people. Hey guys, here's some people. And so they start, they, Paul, whoever it was, start listing, oh, it was Abel and, and Enoch and it was by faith that Noah built the, the ark and it was by faith that Abraham, you know, did what he did and it was by faith that Sarah did what she did, you know, and it's like, it's long and we're going to read it all, but it was like by faith that all this stuff happened. And in verse 13, it, it kind of, it's like parentheses. All these people died. It says, all these people died believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That's why God's not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So that's the parenthesis, telling us all these incredible Bible greats. And then it's like, actually some of these people, you know, they died still believing what God had promised them. And maybe they didn't yet receive in their lifetime what they had faith to receive, the fullness of what they had faith for, but they were looking to the future. And that's what we live in. We, we're kingdom people. What we don't see on this earth, you know, it's not the end for us because we, we go on in eternity. And then some things we may not see on this earth, they may be, we might be walking in faith. We might have a call on us that we don't see the evidence of in our lifetime. But God's a big God and he has big plans. And it goes on and it talks about Abraham and Isaac and Moses and all these people. And, uh, and then it says, and then it goes on, it says that towards the end, it says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. This is the men and women of the Bible, guys. And you know, they're no different to you and I. We can do this stuff. They ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, returning, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, their backs were cut open with whips, they were chained in prison, some died by stoning, some were, I'm not even going to say some of the things that it says. They were mistreated, they were destitute, they were oppressed. They were too good for this world, it says, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. They were too good for this world. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. And I, I love that because it, it makes me think that with faith, we can do amazing things. With faith, we can do things we never would have imagined. And it makes me realise that God sees all and it's not just the victories. It's not just the... Uh, it's not just the other side of the great victory of the great days of revival or the great things where we can say, hey, let's, let's you know, stick a flag in the ground and say, hey, look, how, do, how good do we do there? Look how great this is. Look how awesome this is. Look how great that, look what a success story that was. It's like, you know, what many of these people, they, they didn't have a great, they didn't see the outcome. 
They didn't see what they hoped for. But that doesn't matter because they were faith people and their eyes were on Jesus. And there's something about it being in this hour where I think the Lord is reminding us that if we keep our eyes on him, he is well able to sustain us, even though we don't feel like it's a season that we, we thought we might be in. And that we are people of this time and we are people who he will equip for this hour. And so let's just look uh, at Esther. Did, we, did I tell you the Esther verse, guys? Esther 4, 14 to 16. So Esther was a, a, a woman who was in a, a time, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go into it all. It's a whole, a whole book. Esther is a book. But she was in a time that uh, was an incredibly challenging uh, situation, an incredibly challenging time where her people, she was a Jewish woman and the Jewish people were, uh, were under, uh, were, you know, there was risk of uh, them as a people uh, being you know, being, I don't, just being careful with what words I use, but there was, a, they were at great risk. Her people were at great risk. And, uh, and so her uncle, Mordecai, requests help from Esther. She ends up in this crazy story, crazy situation. Who's ever ended up in a crazy situation that you're like, how did I get here? I did not think this was the trajectory of my life, but here I am. Maybe if you haven't, you need to get out more. <laughs> Or you need to like maybe to, maybe after today you'll see. No, I know you guys have. I know you guys are are faith people. I know, I know that many of you are trusting him and are faith people. And God is doing amazing things in and out in around your life. And actually, that's one of the things that I think we forget is that we think, well, when am I going to have the big story? You know, maybe what doesn't look like anything amazing is happening in my life. It, it can't be working. But as we just looked at, didn't we? That yeah, there were some big names, but there's also a whole stack of people that lived and died and we don't even know their names but they, their names are on that honour roll and their names are in heaven and, and that'll be... And you know what? I'm happy if that's me. I'm happy if, if, I, if, my, if my name is in heaven and I can be with Jesus, I, it's really his business what he does with me on earth. And, uh, but Esther was a woman who had a willingness. She, it wasn't easy. She was, she was at great risk, put her life at great risk. And she said these words which which we, many of us would have heard before. And she, uh, it, it says, her uncle says, or sorry, her uncle says these, these words to her and then she responds. He says, if you keep quiet, so he's putting this request to her for help. He says, Esther, if you keep quiet at a time like this, so he's asking her to say something, to do something, to, to, to act. Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps... You were made queen for such a time as this. And then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, who was her uncle. She said, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, for three days, nights or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, although it's against the law, I'll go and see the king. So this, this was about her going and seeing the king. And it was a big risky thing to do. She said, if I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything. So what did she do? She said, yeah, I'm willing at great risk. I don't know if I'm going to live through this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the outcome's going to be. I don't know what's going to be the other side of this action that I'm going to take. But one thing I'm going to do, one thing I know to do, and that's to ask people to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get some people to pray. 
And then you know what? Whatever happens, that's in God's hands. Isn't that good? He likes that. Let's look at Matthew 11, 28. I don't usually have this many scriptures. Actually, I need to tell you I had a whole different message for today. It was a really good message. I was looking forward to, to preaching it and I, I, and I was up late still preparing that message and then I said to Rowan this morning, oh, actually, I'm going to do something different and I'm not, I decided to do this because I just sensed that this was the leaning of the way to go. So it's a bit thrown together. I hope you, hope you can forgive me for that. So Matthew 28, uh, Matthew 11, 28, Jesus is, uh, he's, he's talking to uh, a bunch of people, he's traveling and he's speaking and he's, he's just prayed a prayer of thanksgiving and he's talking to them and he, and he says, uh, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So this whole thing of a yoke upon you, you know, it's, if you're not sure what that is, it's kind of like the, the thing that they used in their day to uh, attach uh, an animal to the, how would you say it, Rowan, to the, sorry, to the plough to the plough, to the cart, to plough thing. So that's the thing. It's like it, it fits on there to carry the load. So he's saying, you who are weary and heavy burdened, he's like, actually, and this is right in the middle of him talking about, you know, who he is and what he's about. And it's been talking about John the Baptist and John the Baptist saying, uh, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should I, you know, or is someone else coming? And he's saying, no, no, go back and tell John. Yep. What, tell, tell him what you've seen about me and that the blind can see and the blind see and the lame walk and lepers are cured and the deaf hear and the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached and tell him God blesses those who don't turn, turn away because of me. Yep, all that. And then he goes on and he's like, yep, so this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I've come for. And then he, and then he says this bit. He says, come to, come to me if, you, if, you, if you're weary, if you're carrying heavy burdens. And he talks about this idea of this, this thing, this yoke. It's like, take, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. I'm humble and gentle of heart. And something in that partnership, that connection, that will be the place that will cause us to, and cause them to find rest for their souls. Because when we have his yoke that we're carrying and when we have his burden, we can do these things. We can do what, we've, what we're called to do. See, all these people in the book of Hebrews and Esther and all the people, all the Bible greats, all that have gone before us in history that have done amazing things, carried out, well, whether they've done amazing things that we think are amazing or whether they've, whatever they've done, if they've lived, uh, you know, if they've, if they've been poised you know, with their heart toward God and they've lived for him and they've made a difference in the kingdom. You know, it, it's not about, you know, we look at the wrong things sometimes. We look at, we can look at surface things. We can look at what something might, you know, might seem to be uh, on the outside. But it's really, uh, you know, it's really, I think, something we need to be reminded of that any of us, he, he wants to use. And, and, and sometimes our life, we, like, we won't think our life makes any difference, but it does. And God's yoke will be 
will help us to bear the burden. So it doesn't mean that we don't still feel the difficulty of things in life because we, we see that right through the scripture in, in Jesus' own words. We hear Paul talk about being hard-pressed on all sides but not forsaken. We hear, we see that right through the scripture. I'm not going to, we've talked about that many times. But there's something of Jesus and he's, he reiterates this in other places as well, is that if you partner with me and if we do this together and if, and if you're led by the Spirit, because don't forget when Jesus went away, he sent the Holy Spirit and we have the enabling and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And when we have that, when we walk in the Holy Spirit's enabling, we can bear burdens that we don't think we can bear. I, I, there's many things that I, I would never have imagined that I would be able to walk through and come through in my life and that I have come through and that I am coming through and I'm still on a journey and I know there'll be more things in my future that I've still got to walk through. But that's what we, that's what we can have when we have relationship with Jesus and we lean into that uh, anointing and we say, Lord, come and, uh, and like I think you said before, Rowan, be my daily bread. Did you say that in the prayer meeting or was that here? Was here? When we have that relationship with him where we can say, I choose to be a faith person, but I, I can't of myself, I can't in and of myself make that happen. I need you, Lord, to come and do things in me. And you know, he'll, he'll do miracles. He'll cause transformation. Let's look at Philippians. Four. Actually, we won't look at Philippians 4. I'm just going to mention it. I don't think we've got that one, have we, guys? No. So in Philippians 4, Paul talks about the secret of contentment. And he says, I've, um, I have uh, been in all sorts of situations. Actually, let's look at it. Let's look at it. We've got a couple of minutes. And we're going to call the band back in a minute. Well, we might do, um, guys, I might get you to back, come back up in, in a minute and we'll do that song. We will do that song and then we'll, in, just in a sec, and then we'll, we'll all do that together and then we'll close and, and then we're going to have some prayer time. So I'd love to pray for us to pray together today. But we're going to turn off the live, if you sing that song, turn off the live screen, live stream and um, we're going to have some prayer after the song. Uh, Philippians. You can all just take a breather for a second while I'm finding Philippians. <laughs> no, and I'm just seeing if I can see the, the um, I know it's not the start, but you know, the content sometimes helps. <laughs> oh, I've gone too far back. Okay, well, this is really going well. <laughs> no, no, I know that, but I do need a bit of a grip on the pages to be able to flick them. <laughs> Okay, Corinthians, Galatians, yes, Philippians. See? Then you it was there somewhere. I was picking on you before. It's all good. Like we could have just picked out any bit and it would have been good. And um now tell me, Rowan, where is it? Where am I looking? Where's where's this scripture? Yeah, you guys know this better than me. He says But where's the bit where he talks about I have what he's been through? Mm. Okay, yes, that's it. Uh, okay, verse 11, for, chapter 4, verse 11. He says, he's thanking them for their gifts because they've 
been very generous, the, um, the Philippian people, and they've sent him gifts, and he's writing this from prison, and he's, he's writing back and saying thank you. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Sorry, Rowan's my helper today. <laughs> thank you, my assistant, lovely assistant. <laughs> so he's, he's writing back. No, I was, thought I was right, he was in jail. Yes, he was. So he's writing back saying, hey, thank you so much, I really appreciated that your gifts, how I praise you, that you're concerned about me. I know you've always been concerned for me. I like just giving a bit of context. You know, sometimes we just pull these scriptures out and we're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then he goes, you know, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. And he's like, not that I was ever in need, for I learned how to be content in whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing. Don't forget he's in prison when he's writing this right. He's sitting in, he's in a prison cell. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's on a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So, you know, he tells us in that, doesn't he, there, like, yes, we love the bit of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and we love that, oh, well, he's been provided for. That's great. But he also tells us in that that he has had times where he's had an empty stomach. <laughs> and he has had times where he hasn't had very much at all. But he's saying, but you know what? I can do all things through Christ. It doesn't mean you have to do everything. It doesn't mean you do everything that's in front of you. It doesn't mean you have to be a person who commits to every single thing. Or, you know, sometimes we have a, we, we definitely have a, you know, a thing in the Christian world where we can be just serving, 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 and, and it's, you know, we just get into a serving thing. And, uh, and that's not what God wants. Because really that's what, that's how the Pharisees ended up. They were just, you know, they were, it, it just became about doing all the stuff. And, and, but Jesus is like, I want, I want a church that has my heart. I want you to be my people. Come back to me. Not all the stuff. I know we still have to serve and there's things that have to be done. But again, it, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And where can we put our faith? And if the band want to come up, that'd be great. Thanks, guys. We're going to sing this amazing song in a minute together. Um, but let's, let's find our joy in him, in our serving. Let's find our joy in him to do the faith walk. Because I just see these New Testament people particularly, and, and even Esther and, and, and some of the Old Testament ones as well. But just, I just can't help thinking, and we were in Greece in, Mar uh, in April, and we were in, um, well, you went to Philippi, I didn't go, but we were in Corinth, and we were in, we went to Ephesus, didn't we? No, we didn't go to Ephesus. Where else did we go? So you really are my helper today. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. We went to a few places of, um, yeah, the Bible. And, and it just made me think about the, the, people, the people of the early church, not that, Corinth and, oh yeah, and Athens, yep. And, uh, you know, that, that they, they had the joy of the Lord. I mean, God did stuff. God did stuff in the New Testament. God did amazing things right in the middle of the, of the crazy time that they were in, of the hard things that they were in. And I just reckon that we can be a joyful people. I reckon we can thrive. I reckon we can do really, really well. And I just, I just really think God wants to encourage us to go, it's, it's all right. Like, it's going to be all right. I don't have to put this resilience thing on. And it's great that from a secular perspective, we're we're, we're, you know, resilience is being encouraged because there is a resilience in the human spirit. But we have Jesus as well. We have Jesus. 
Yes, there is something in the human spirit, but there's also a lot of people who aren't able to be resilient and things are too much. And, and many of us, we do feel heavy. We do feel under pressure. We do feel like we can't manage. We do feel like, maybe not all the time, but from time to time, things are too hard for us to carry. And so after we sing this song, I just love, Rowan and I want to have some prayer here today. And just please come, please come just during this song and stand at the front. We're just going to pray. So I just feel like God, there's an anointing here today. Just for God to just bring some freedom. And... Uh, and to maybe give you that the joy, remind you that the joy of the Lord is your strength and that, and that maybe if there's some things you're carrying and you're struggling just to, you know, um, for those things to kind of, you know, you're struggling with this stuff of going, oh, I, I, I want to be a faith person, but there's just a lot of things I'm, well, there's just different areas I just can't seem to get into faith in. We're all like that. Faith is a journey. We're all on a journey, right? Who knows that? We're all on a journey. So, um... And I, just a funny, like, little example, personal story is, you know, a couple of years ago, I was, I was thinking, and Darren, I will get you to share that thing in a minute, what you said, and, um, but I was thinking about how I was, I was a bit worried, like, I was worrying and thinking, as you do, and I think in somewhere in all that, I talked to God about it, and, and but you know how your thoughts can become, and your worries can sort of half be talking to God, but then sometimes they're just rumination and they're just you. But I think I was saying, God, I'm, I'm worried that I'm just going to sink. I feel like I'm going to, I feel like the weight of some of the things I'm, that are going on, I just, I'm just going to sink. And I could just see myself going, oh, I'm just sinking. It's all too heavy. You know, it's all too much. And I can see myself sinking. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this without sinking. And, and there's not very many times where God sort of said specific things to me in my life, but this was one of them. And he said, Jill, you're not going to sink, you're going to swim. Which was really cool because it made me go, oh, Lord, that's, that's so encouraging. Like, one, I'm not going to sink, that's good. But I'm, that, that, that sort of, um, you know, that, like it was a metaphor for, to me for I'm going to do all right. I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay afloat. I'm going to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay. I'm not going to sink. I'm going to swim. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good, Lord. Thank you. Like, even though I feel like I'm going to sink, you're saying I'm going to swim. I'll, I'll carry, I'll stand on that. And, but then I felt like he nudged me a bit more and went, actually, you are going to swim. And I don't swim. I, don't, I can't swim. I've never swam. Like, I don't, I, I grew up 700 kilometres inland, New South Wales country, no not even a dam in this town. Like there was, there was a town water supply full of leeches. And I, honestly, I did jump in that a few times and I did get leeches, but I did dog paddle because I could do that. And uh, I don't know how I did that now. I reckon that'd be scary jumping into something where you can't touch the bottom. But there was no pool. There, was, there is a pool there now. There's no town pool. There was no river. There was no lakes. There was just, it was really remote. So I didn't have the opportunity to learn to swim and I never have. And I do love the water. And so, like, it reminded me of like when I was 27 and I didn't have my driver's license and I went, that's okay, I'm just never gonna, I'm just always gonna live near shops and bus stops, you know? It's fine, I'm good, I'm okay. And then the Lord nudged me and went, well, you can do that, you know? And I was like, no, I can't, no. And he was like, yes, you can, and I did. And so, I'm like, oh, he's telling me I'm gonna swim, I don't wanna, I don't wanna learn to swim, that's like lessons and stuff, you know? 
So I have had this nudge for two years. I have to learn to swim. And I have thought about it. I have thought about what swimwear I would wear, what cap I would wear, what goggles I would wear, where I would go, what it would look like. And I need to tell you, on Friday night, I had my first swimming lesson. <laughs> it was so awkward. <laughs> and I almost bought um, bluey goggles because I thought, well, if this is going to be awkward, I may as well go right out. But I didn't. I stayed sensible. And, uh, but... It was, um, it was like, it was really awkward. It was like one of the most awkward 30 minutes of my life. But I got in there and I'm like, I, ha- I am here. I have arrived. I have got my home in the water. And I just have to get through. And I got, and it was okay. Like, I survived. It's only five weeks. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want you to come and watch me. <laughs> don't look up the swim schools that have lessons Friday night. <laughs> Sorry for my silliness. All right, let's sing this amazing song. Let's stand. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon now, Darren, come up now and share what you what, what you was talking about, and then after, yeah, come and share that now. But yeah, like don't. It's no. I just would love. We just. I just think some prayer would be really great. We can all do with prayer. So this um, little story leads on from what Pastor Arm was talking about at the beginning, and then everything that Pastor Jill's just talked about, and it's something that. I was talking to a very good friend of mine about during the week and I'd just forgotten about it. And then when we were prepping for church over there in our pre-service meeting, I kept rolling in my mind. It's like, you've got to share this, you've got to share this. And so here we are. And um, so a friend of mine, they're going through a really difficult situation and um, it's hard for them because, you know, these guys have been so faithful with being where God wanted them to be their whole life. And right now, the last couple of years has been hard because they've just got no idea what God's doing in their life. They seem to be bouncing around and and nothing's certain. And it's like God's not speaking and they feel like God's not always listening. But something happened during the week when this situation where they've got to move house and it's just a mess. And people were saying to them at church last weekend, you know, although I think it was the weekend before, um, you know, we heard what happened. You know, we want to pray for you. We're praying for you. And then other people were like, you know, if there's something we can do, let us know. You know, and there's something we can do for you, let us know. And then my mate was talking to another of his friends during the week. And he said, he didn't pray about this. He was just talking. And he said, you know, he said, when people say, you know, it's okay, it's good, they're praying. But then they're saying, oh, what can we do? So what would people do? What would someone do? Why don't people just do something? Like, what's the go? And he was just talking about it. He didn't pray about it. And then, he's, and then he said he got to church on the Sunday, which is like you know, two days after this conversation. And this couple came up, an older couple in the church came up and said, you know what? I heard about your situation and I want to do something. And they were just like, oh. And in the end, what they offered to do, it, it couldn't work out. It was too late. And they were like, oh, if only we had heard before and all this sort of stuff. But he said to me, you know what? It's meant to be that we've got to move. We've got to, all this sort of stuff's got to happen. But... He said, God was showing me that even though you didn't pray about it, I still heard what you were talking about. And that's the message for people here today is with all of this that's happened that sometimes we don't necessarily pray and ask God for something. We may just talk about it and he still hears us. He still hears that conversation we may have with our, you know, our friend or our partner or whoever it may be. He hears that conversation. And that's for you guys. It's for me too because... You know, sometimes we don't always pray about stuff, 
You know, we think that, yeah, we, and we might complain or we might say, Lord, if only you did this, or you might say to your friend, if only God did this. And he's like, well, I'm listening. And I just want to remind you of that, that he's listening even when you're not praying. That's also scary. Keep that in mind. It works two ways, all right? But hey, let's, let's praise God. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church. You always will be.